Are you looking to improve at chess? I'm releasing my first course, Chess Diagnostics Chess Bootcamp, 30 Days to Better Chess. The pre-sale is starting now, and it's 50% off. The first videos will start to be released on November 25th, which is Black Friday. It's chessbootcamp.gumroad.com. See the link in the description below. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next podcast. Complete Chess Strategy, Part 5, Strategic Elements Analyzed, Temporary Advantages, by Chess Diagnostic. Hello, and welcome to Part 5 of... The temporary advantages, we are going to be analyzing the rest um, of the temporary advantages, 12 to 16. So there's just a few more left to go through all the strategic elements. And we're going to combine from this position 12 and 13. Now number 12 is bad piece position, and number 13 is inharmoniously placed pieces. So if we look here, we can see that, um, that both the queen and the knight, as well as the bishop, don't really have too much activity. Uh, the queen is in harmoniously placed with all the rest of white's pieces here, and the knight and the bishop are just have bad piece positions as well as the queen. So if we analyze the reason why, we could say that the reason a piece would be out of play is because the squares that the pieces can or the piece or pieces controls are either reduced or are not on the correct part of the board where they are needed. So we can ask, how does a bad piece position arise? And we could say that normally it arises when the evaluation of the, of the position's piece activity is incorrect. Either the player um, analyzed that this piece needed to be over here, and he could start an attack, and that was incorrect, or he just made a mistake and didn't even think about piece activities. So um, if you did not evaluate the piece position correctly in the first place, place then bad piece position will arise and your whole army which all your pieces will be inharmonious so black basically won this game just in a few moves because um, we can see that his rooks controlling this file which is another strategic element so he has that point of entry um, but black is also has basically iron grip control in the center these squares here um, the knight can move here and there's really nothing that white can do about it. Meanwhile, his queen's just sitting over here waiting to be trapped. Uh, the knight really has no squares. These pawns are in the way of all of white's pieces. So another point to make is that pawns um, strategically are helpful only if they either uh, restrict your pieces or give more space to your pieces. So that's the, that's the main strategic component of pawns, is whether they block your pieces or they give more space uh, by basically forcing the opponent's pieces back and giving you more uh, squares behind them to control. So, all right, let's look at the game here. So black makes the correct decision to start opening up the position because when he's ahead in activity, he wants to start a direct attack. And now black is trying to uh, force open lines so he can get more activity for his pieces. But at this point, it's too late. So 
Now, uh, White can't really take this here because that would just lead to lead to him losing. It's a it's a total um, it's a total attack at that point. So the rook is forced to move over to a completely inactive square, um, causing more disharmony for all his pieces. And now at this point, White just resigns because there's really nothing. There's really nothing that white can do at this point to win. Um, if he moves back, then white or black will just simply trap his queen. So as you can see, because of the queen's bad piece position, this knight sitting here. Now if, now if we see if the knight was here, then the queen could have moved back. But uh, again, that's what inharmoniously placed pieces are. Um, so I hope that was helpful to uh, define bad piece position in harmoniously placed pieces. And we'll analyze uh, number 14 in the next segment. All right, see you there. Strategic element 14 is advantage in development. And so this is a, <laughs> this is a simple eight move game that I've chosen just because it, it very clearly illustrates uh, advantage in development. But basically an important point to make is that advantage in development arises only when your opponent has made a mistake uh, with his own development and by moving the same piece or moving lots of pawns more than once in the opening uh, he's basically made time wasting moves with the same piece or moved multiple pawns and that allows you to gain greater piece activity uh, because if you move if you move only one piece at a time and you develop multiple pieces, then your advantage in activity will be so great that you'll just simply be able to checkmate the opponent or win tons of material right away. So this game starts with d4, it's basically a dutch, and as you can see, uh, white's developed his bishop already. Black makes a mistake by... Well, technically you could say this is following the, the rule of uh, neutralizing the opponent's pieces, but you know, this is a weakening move, and it it doesn't follow the primary goal of the opponent should be developing his own pieces and not just trying to chase back white's, because there's really no attack at this point. So white moves the bishop back. Black makes another mistake by advancing this pawn. As you can see, he's neglected every single piece on the first rank, or the eighth rank for black. And so now he's trapped this bishop okay, he's won some material, but at this point, white simply ignores that, and now he could have he could have taken this here, but as you can see, if he took this, white was threatening mate, just mate and one already. So white further develops, he develops another bishop, and now black is threatening to simply win this piece but it doesn't matter because now black could develop but now there's mate here so as you can see when you're advancing pawns he's creating weaknesses in addition to not developing his pieces so not only is he not developing pieces and increasing his own activity he's weakening his position and allowing white to use his advantage in activity to win material and uh, capitalize on black's weaknesses all right, so that's not the line. Basically, at this point, uh, the rook moves forward, and now white can simply sacrifice his queen 
and just give checkmate with the bishop. Game over. As you can see, he only developed the rook, and all these pieces are sitting here unused, and the game's over. So I hope, hope that clearly illustrates advantage in development. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. Number 15, strategic element number 15, is concentration of pieces in the center, or centralization. Uh, now this is a game played by Aronian versus Shaparinov. Uh, Aronian's black, and he follows beautifully the idea of centraliz centralization by first uh, getting all his pieces in the center, and then obtaining two pawns in the center, and he simply pushes them down the center of the board, and wins the game. Uh, now he makes it look so simple, of course, you know, when you're playing it's not so simple, but it could be if you understand all the strategic elements. Um, when you know the overall goal, you don't need to simply memorize all the separate elements, you'll just notice them when you're trying to achieve your overall goal, which is gaining greater peace activity. Alright, so uh, we're not going to analyze every single move in depth, but just the main points here. So we can see that uh, black begins by gaining a greater centralization by uh, reducing white's activity of his queen and so white's forced to move back now black starts playing on the side because when the center is blocked off when there's nothing to do in the center then you can start a wing attack alright so at this point he's rerouting this knight uh, to occupy this square as well as um, he could bring it back here and so as you can see with this move white really has nothing to do he's just randomly attacking uh, trying to provoke some weaknesses maybe of this square but when when you own all all the space or when you own the center it gives you also a space advantage so you're able to pretty much do what you want and we'll see that in uh, strategic element 16 as well Alright, so he's increasing the activity of this knight. Of course, white wants to control this square. And so he's provoking weaknesses on the side so that he can undermine this knight and gain this pawn, which is a brilliant idea. So at this point, uh, at this point, black has total control of the center. Even though white has the two bishops, uh, this one's completely blocked by his pawns, and he'll be forced to trade. At this point, you can see that white has two, uh, one pass pawn, but two pawns in the center, backed by the rooks and the queen, and it's just a deadly advantage at this point, in addition to these weak pawn islands. So you can see multiple strategic advantages at this point. Uh, So black has just won a pawn. Um, now at this point, he, he can just start pushing his pawns. Now as you can see, the, the, the king moved because if the rook takes here, then black will simply just win the rook back uh, with an advantage. So he doesn't allow that to happen. And so black trades off all the pieces, all the heavy pieces, which allows him to simply push this past pawn forward. So, 
again, because he completely owns all these central squares, not only the, the main center, but this big center here, which this is the, the main big center. Um, you can see there's not one white piece in, in this big center. So black is trying to gain some counterplay, but it's too late at this point. Now, even if he takes here, there's nothing that white couldn't really do to stop this. So, And now, at this point, white resigns, because if he moves here, then white will simply check. And, well, either way, he'll gain a new queen, and that's just game over. So you can see that the reason black was able to win this game was because of multiple strategic elements that he completely owned, as well as uh, his huge centralization of pieces and pawns. Alright, so I hope that was clear in this example. Uh, let me know what you think. Thank you very much. Alright, welcome to the last strategic element, number 16, Space Advantage. And this is a game played by uh, Siegbert Tarash. Tarash. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Alright, so we can see here that a space advantage primarily happens when you are able to push all your pawns forward and it's well supported by all your pieces. So we can see here these rooks as well as the knight uh, give white a huge space advantage and black is pretty much forced to just shuffle his rooks and his bishop back and forth. There's really nothing that black can do. Uh, he has no active plan and so a space advantage gives white a lasting advantage because there's really nothing that black can do to oppose white in his plan of simply moving his pieces and pawns forward and either turning this uh, temporary or qualitative advantage into either a material win or a checkmate which is exactly, exactly what happens here so as you can see um, based on this understanding that white simply is just moving his pawns forward. Black is trying to um, close off the position so that white can't keep doing that, but white simply maintains the tension. He doesn't want to just trade or he doesn't want to just push forward and block himself off. He wants to uh, gradually increase the pressure until black implodes. As you can see, for example, this move here with the bishop, mm, there's really no active plan behind it. So now white's uh, simply planning to take over this file. As you can see, he can take over pretty much any file, any square he wants to, because of his space advantage. Alright, so based on this tactic, if, if black takes here, then there's just simply a checkmate. And that's because of this pawn controlling these squares here. Of course, that's not what black plays. He moves the king over. Again, the space advantage allows white to just increase his activity effortlessly and move his, he has his knight on the seventh rank, not even the sixth. Uh, these two rooks completely control this point of entry, this file, another strategic element. These squares are completely cutting off uh, black to move anywhere and giving him points for his knight to penetrate and also making uh, mating attack threats. Now, black would love to trade pieces, and he could, um, but if he takes here, then white will just simply take with the pawn, giving him this huge pawn chain, 
and he'll just advance it and promote a pawn. So black doesn't go for that, but at this point he's lost because he, res he resigns at this point because he just lost a rook, and there's nothing that black can do at this point. It's over. And this all stemmed from white simply having a huge space advantage. And because of this space advantage, it gave him greater activity for his pieces, and he was able to create mating threats, win material, uh, and completely restrict black at the same time. So it's really a no-risk approach uh, to chess strategy. All right, I hope that was clear. Uh, leave a comment and let me know what you think. Thank you very much. Bye.